Guys, welcome. Well, Hello, everyone. To the so <laughs> intense podcast. This is much needed. You're going to be happy you're watching this. Maybe we should introduce ourselves. Coco, you go first. Thank you very much. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am Coco Mel. Um, I'm a fashion stylist and creative. And yeah, I'm so happy to be doing this with Joella. I couldn't think of anyone better to be my co-host. Yeah, well, my name is Joella Noble. I'm a presenter, actor, writer. I have had quite a few different experiences um, just because I'm a female, just because I'm a black female. And I know you have two Coco. So the list is endless. The list is endless. Exactly. Okay. And it, this is what this podcast is really about. Us talking about fashion and sneakers, but also our experiences surrounding that industry. And hopefully yeah. you guys a better perspective of what it's like to be us. <laughs> to be one to be one of us. Yeah. Definitely. And I feel like obviously the experience is, you know, good, bad and indifferent. Do you know what I mean I don't want it just to be a bit of a ball where it's like everything's negative because by all means that's not what this is about do you know what I mean certainly not that but at the same time I think it is being candidly frank and honest with one another and the wider parameters in terms of cultures and race alike to let them know the daily struggles do you know what I mean whether it be in a job setting or just leaving your house every day and what what that what it takes within you to have to present yourself to the world do you know what I mean like 365 days 24 7 Mm. Well overdue. Well overdue. Should we quickly tell them how we met? Oh, the the love story that is. But all right, we met um, at a Puma dinner. It was was it right before Christmas? It was November, December. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I feel like it was like a Christmas dinner or something like that. Very festive. Yeah, it felt festive. Yeah, it had that kind of vibe. Um, It was a group of talented women who are also in the sneaker industry and <clears throat> me myself I do like reviews for trainers and I've, I've done that quite a lot for Puma obviously Coco you're a stylist so that's why we were there and um, it was like this long table and I look across and I see Coco and something said you know what I'm gonna ignore this this name placement by my <laughs> chair and I'm gonna move it around because this other girl she ain't reached yet <laughs> So thank you to the girl who didn't come on time because otherwise this this wouldn't have been able to I don't know if it would have it would have happened so so vigorously had it not. But then we just hit it off and we just kept on talking and we were talking for the whole night. Yeah, yeah we really clicked. So um, yeah, it was a vibe. Yeah, it was genuine. It was it was dead genuine energy. Then I think obviously fast forward to the beginning of the year, I think I approached and I was like, look, there's this thing I wanted to do but I don't really know. And I was like, I need the right, I need the right people, the right women, strong queens around me and behind me to kind of really make this thing a thing. And then when you were like, of course, I was like, ka-ching. I was like, I've got a vet in the arsenal that is Soul Intent Podcast. So now I feel hella excited and hella confident with your abilities and, and that, that this is going to, it's going to be, yeah, something really, really, really magical for, for us all. Not just me and you, but also the listeners and viewers as well. Yeah, I agree. I'm with it. All right, should we get into it then? What do you stand for? Like, what, you know, as an individual, as Joella Noble, all-round, shaped, lovely individual? For me, it's more about uplifting other people and letting other people know, like, whatever it is that you want to do, you can actually do that. So when I introduced myself at the beginning, I'm like, oh, I'm a presenter, actor, writer. Really, like, in my head, I'm like, I, when someone asks me, what do you do? I'm like, really, I do what I want. Because there's Ooh. so many different things that I love and I'm interested in. And that also, like, there's synergy between them, right? Like, especially in this creative yeah. industry, there, there could be synergy between so many different things. You could be an author and a DJ. Yeah. If you want to. Yeah. It could be like polar, polar opposites, but then, it, as you said, it still has like that kind of unison. Exactly. And I do think that's really like what I represent. So I think I represent, um, I think, equality, to be fair. And that sounds a little bit like, you know, activism and that. But not on that tip, just from the standpoint of, you know, just everyone just kind of getting 
getting kind of whatever they put in, getting that back. Mm. And, you know, not being overshadowed or overcasted or undermined or any of those things. So they're all things that I'm sure as women of colour and BAME that we've all kind of been subjected to at some point or another. Do you mean where we may be more equipped than the next person, but because obviously, you know, we might have our, our skin tone plays a part, plays a role in certain, you know, in external kind of so perceptions, we then obviously don't get given the fair chance that we deserve. So it's kind of, I suppose, it's me wanting to make sure like that, that, that underdog, so to speak, in a lot of kind of cases, kind of like has that kind of shining moment, has that voice or has, you know, that platform to speak. And obviously that's what I really want this podcast to really help kind of, I suppose, grow and kind of help flourish. So the next thing was how are we kind of navigating this time amidst the lockdown? Like, so yeah, how, how are you finding it? It was really difficult for me, to be honest. It was really difficult. Um, just finding my place in this quarantine, I think it really makes you think about like what you stand for, what you represent, and where I'm someone that like, I really care about the kind of messages that I'm putting out there. Um, it really made me think about, again, like what I wanted to change. So we're talking about trainers and this is a trainer based podcast, but, but at the same time, I really love that we're going to hit on like the wider topics, right? Because really just doing trainer reviews and taking pictures in these crepes that, you know, I got for 30% off or these crepes that were gifted to me is only fueling consumerism. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I've really had to think about that and think about like what it is that I want to stand for. And so I think during this, it's just changed my outlook on that, even though it's something I was thinking before, but it's just changed my outlook on how I want to deliver sneaker and consumerism based content. Content, yeah. Now I'm just embracing like the many different ways that I could do things at home. Yeah. I haven't put a super amount of pressure to put things out, although things are coming out, so I'm excited about that. Of course, of course. Uh, I've been doing a whole lot of self-reflection, a whole lot of meditation, a whole lot of planning, a whole lot of writing. And I think, I know I'm going to come out of this quarantine. That's it, manifestation, please. Smarter person. Yeah, yeah. Manifest that bitch. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? How's it been going for you? Yeah, it's, do you know what? I'm going to be 100% honest. It's actually, initially, when it first happened, obviously taking, like, completely out of account the, I suppose, the kind of, like, the troublesome element of COVID, like, you know, lives lost, anything like that. That's not what I mean. But for me, initially, I was grateful for the break, to be honest with you, because it's been a constant six months kind of slog that I haven't really had a day off. So I actually was kind of happy for the, just like the, the Zen and to just like reground myself a bit again. Mm. Cause like, not that I was getting lost in the source. It's never that, but it was just a case of like, you know, shooting three campaigns a week. Do you mean, and running on four hours sleep? It's just, it's not healthy. Do you mean for like, for my, you know, wellness and whatever. So I definitely have taken this time to kind of like recharge. I've been trying to get snatched as well. I mean, it's a lot of that's so come out looking a little bit more shapely and that. Oh, so you've been doing that workout. Yeah, she's been working out. Okay, she's been working out. Yeah, I like a lot of that. I did a um a live workout. I think like the second or third week. Oh yeah, I saw it posted, but I missed it. What what were we saying? Another part two. It was struggleville. Trust. They were all laughing at me. Everyone that was watching was laughing at me because I couldn't keep up. Even the PT said that it was difficult for her. So if she's saying that, it's difficult. Miss. (laughs) please 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 anyway small small small. but yeah so I've just been doing fitness and actually I've been lucky enough as of late to kind of be approached by different brands actually do content creation which is something for me that you know whilst working something I would have loved to have done pre-covid and it was just the time just wasn't there so now I can actually say take a time to sit down and actually really kind of nurture that part of my craft I definitely want to like display more of and obviously like I suppose offer clients that as a you know as additional option to what you know what services I do Mm. I think um for our next episode it might be really helpful to focus on how you build links in the industry yeah it wouldn't hurt 
definitely wouldn't hurt. I feel like that, that's always like the de- burning question that people always want to know. Because I'm still like, feeling myself, to be honest. So yeah. it was good to have that conversation from the perspective of someone like me who is still learning and is also a little bit, uh, a little bit scared of rejection in a sense. I don't like reaching out to people a lot of the time because I'm scared that they're going to say no, which is crazy. Yeah, saying well, it out loud is stressing me out. Saying it out loud, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, it's just if you type in something, just press and send. Like that's how you, I just have to like deep it. But nowadays, I don't have any any like resolve. It's just like if I want something what's the scene looking like whilst we're in quarantine like what are you thinking like from i suppose obviously your you know your music predominantly would obviously cross over into sneakers so what's the scene looking like for those who maybe aren't in you know your industry i mean shows are cancelled so that's a start in the afro fest luck off wireless yeah wireless like we're gonna come out of this world totally different I say world. <laughs> Come out of the pandemic, different. See, this is my world right now. That's why <laughs> my four walls are my world. My the box of my one bedroom flat right now is my world. But um, yeah, shows are cancelled. That's how a lot of people make money. Yeah, of course. That's how obviously artists obviously like put themselves out there to the world, and you know, and that's obviously where you would be really active in that scene. In like in the time that would be festival season now exactly but um obviously that's not happening at the moment however i think there's still opportunity in this like people are at home people are bored they want to listen to new things and watch new things mm. so it's also a great time to release new music you can't perform yeah yeah but you can still do yeah but um also people are doing lives which is so I think people are just getting a bit more creative with it you know like Getz and Rude Kid the duo that I love forever by the way like them together is amazing dynamic so he gets I don't know if you've seen it he put um like a flyer on his Instagram some weeks ago saying oh I've got a tour coming up and then Uh, venues it was like my bedroom garden shed bathroom kitchen like all that he did it. I, I know. I'm pretty sure he. I don't know if he did it in his bathroom because I didn't see that one. I actually only saw the one where he was in his garden shed, and it was such vibes. And yeah. I think that's amazing because there's so many people, especially for someone like Getz, right? There are so many people who don't get the chance to see someone like Getz perform live, and that is just as simple as a little click on your iPhone on your IG. But you see, like the magic. He's an amazing performer. So I reckon that after that, he'll probably have more people at his shows. It's looking quite homemade right now for this industry. <laughs> homegrown, homebrew. Home-groomed, homegrown, but amazing at the same time. It's, it's looking mad creative and it's looking personality-based as well. <laughs> yeah, for sure, definitely. Because most people out here at the moment have seen loads of musicians on like Shade Bar and that, like everyone just looks like, everyone's just had to just say, to hell with it like do you mean the grooming the, in terms of the the rappers and that mcs the grooming isn't really like a hundred like it normally like but i think it's good like show the people the realness uh-huh. do you mean it's not about everyday fade every everyday beard gang nah like show it show it for what it really is were you um tuning into tory lane's live uh that was really that was literally religion like i was alarm setting i was just like I was, yeah, I was on it. It was too much. <laughs> like, like we need a hype person or like we need some sort of like jingle or theme to something like his friend. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, quarantine radio. Quarantine radio. Quarantine radio. But do you know what I yeah. love milk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She needs some milk. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But you know what I love about that whole production is that when we saw the behind the scenes, when he, whenever he would turn around the camera, we saw a whole team there. Yeah, a squad, squad. There were people there, and that shows you, like, we could do things on our own. We can. Yeah. And we can go to a certain level doing things on our own. But really and truly, it takes a team. It takes a village. Yeah, that really believe in this vision the same way that you believe in it. So I think they're amazing for that. I really would like to be there for those conversations before they started it. When they were yeah. like, oh, we should do this. 
yeah yeah like how that came about kind of thing mm. what about for you what's the scene like for you right now in quarantine quarantine um it's just i think hit like a whole new like digital age obviously for stuff that i did obviously was really kind of like social media based but then also you know certain campaigns that i that you know that i've done like now should have really been on billboards and buses and things like that but obviously it hasn't come into effect so from like a you know pr marketing standpoint like that whole thing is is on hold right now do you know what I mean kind of thing so it's obviously definitely effective like there's no there's no way around it do you know what I mean like you know we can't create like content around new drops and like you know all this amazing heat that's coming it's time kind of having to be shelved or done in a different fashion where people are obviously being like gifted it and then creating content at home and obviously you don't need a stylist when you're at home so the use for me then kind of I suppose has, has now flipped its head a bit and now I'm now going from behind the camera to now being in front of the camera being that said one of the said content creators now so it's quite cool I suppose but it's just, it's just a lot of stressed outfits and planning and things that I really normally didn't have to do I'm now having to like take into like real account and think about beforehand I've seen your Converse campaign obviously when I first met you that came out like quite soon after I met yeah. you yeah 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 and you're saying that you've got did you rate me more then? First of all, I rated you from the beginning because I just seen, I seen the vibe. We had the convos in it. So I just knew that we need to do a shoot together, by the way. But anyway, I'm digressing. What I wanted to say, yeah, is, um, yeah, you've done, you've done that. And I know you've got some stuff coming out as well. How, how long, like, did it take you to get to this point where you've actually got stuff on billboards and like I could just be walking down the road and see Coco Mel's work? So you know what? I I actually saw something the other day. I was going through my old like old archive of photos or whatever or something, and it was like st- like date stamped um, like what six years ago I think it was. So it's literally been I'd say a six year uphill struggle to kind of get up and be able to like go out and do what I love like it's literally been six years that was obviously not the case for everyone granted but just the routes that I took obviously coming out of school and you know working and in retail or whatever um and the choices that I made yeah it's kind of put me in the position now which obviously I'm still grateful for but you know yeah I would love to be where I am at maybe when I was like three years younger kind of thing like a little bit younger I don't know much emphasis on age like this well, because obviously, honey, like, you know, a child's, I'm like, you know, I want to start thinking about the next phase in my, like, in my, you know, grown adulthood. So having children and like, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of want to put, like, make sure my career's at a plateau, like, you know, not, sorry, not a plateau, but it's reached a point that, like, I can still kind of, like, jump back on it, you know, after having a kid and it not kind of, like, not, I don't want to lose any momentum. Do you know what I mean? I'm just, whereas if I was younger, I could have built that catalogue for three years or whatever, whatever. And then popped out a few, come back, and then just hit it like I never left. But, you know, who knows? I, Hopefully so. I think it's quite interesting that as, as women, obviously, because we're the ones that's like carrying the children as well, <clears throat> that these are the things that we have to worry about. And men yeah. don't have to think about this at all. No conversation. No, not even a thought. <clears throat> but you know what I've learned as well, especially in this new digital age that we're in, like, there are so many things that we're capable of doing and that we can do when we have child that we probably couldn't do before because we didn't have yeah. social media and opportunities via the internet. No, definitely. You know? So I don't think you should worry about it too much, but I get it. I get it. I get why a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, and I think because of the industry that I'm in, it, it is sometimes quite dog-eat-dog. Do you know what I mean? It is quite dog eat dog. It's very competitive. And to be fair, it's oversaturated to a degree as well. Like there's so many people who are like, I'm a stylist, I'm a creative and all this jazz. And it's like, you've kind of got to like decipher how you can kind of have a unique selling point to put you ahead of, of those people. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, is it, is it like how you dress as a person or is it, you know, how you display your gram and all these different attributes I feel like kind of can contribute to whether you know brands fuck with you or they don't really that's kind of like my take on it kind of thing and I, and I just think you know stepping at, away from it like 
I don't know. I don't know. Just stepping away from it, it just gives me a bit of angst. I'm always just a bit like, oh, it's scary. what does that look like? Thing. Yeah. Me. And obviously when you're self-employed in work as well, you know, you can't be out too long because you need to be screwing that bag now for another mouth to feed. Do you know what I mean? So it's another added level of pressure. 100%. Last yeah. three trainers are war. The Nike React Asians. We love, we love them. As you can see, they're very worn in. Still. They don't look that bad, actually, on camera. Really? Yeah, they look quite fresh, actually. To be honest, I actually don't mind, like, beaters. I don't mind jack trainers. I don't mind warning trainers because they're supposed to be worn, other than Air Force Ones. Nah, I can't. I can't commandeer that. I'm so sorry. I hear what you're saying, but... I don't mind if they're a little bit dirty. Like, I actually don't mind. They don't have to look jacked up, but I don't mind if they're a little bit dirty because that's what... They're there for to be worn on your feet to touch the ground. Mm. I like to just be like, yeah, I don't even care. I've got these banging trainers on and and they're gay. What? What? Yeah. You listen. Okay, that yeah, that's not like, me. You know, like run chic. Like that's the kind of look that I like. <laughs> what socks did you wear with them? Oh, good question. I just saw some regular black short okay. socks. Yeah. Okay. Because I know that you didn't do sockless. Oh no, I don't ever do sockless. Yeah, no, I didn't think so. With anything, I don't like sweaty toes. Oh. Even okay. in my own house, I have to have socks on. Oh, you're one of them ones. Okay. I, I sleep with socks all that. Oh yeah, I would trade my feet right now. I've got socks on now, like house socks, but. Yeah. Oh well, in that case, I've got some Pulp Fiction ones on right now. I've got. There we go. Bit of a oomah, bit of a ooms. So my last one was Air Max 90 in the vault green. Sorry, the background isn't really having the green. I'm so sorry, Pete. Let me put it closer. Can you not? There you go. That's it, right? You can see it. Very nice. Yeah. Those and I literally wore them with very little because I think that was like one of the hottest days like so far we've had in in lockdown. So I literally wore it with like oh, it was like a bando or something or like a little sports bra, mm. um, and then just a, just some nickel pom pom shorts. All right, and, and then them, and that was it. And then obviously had the hat on, had the obligatory hat on, and then that was it. That was me in a bum bag, I think, and then I, I bopped. Um, but tell me though, why is aesthetic so important to you? Aesthetics is in like my personal aesthetics or your personal aesthetic, yeah. For me, I feel like it's my it's my armor to the world. Like it's what people see, like see me as. My aesthetics for me, I automatically think personal aesthetics. I think visual aesthetics. I think you know what I put out in the, like you know what I put out to the universe. So for me, like obviously, I always have to make sure. And obviously, I'm a bit OCD anyway, but make sure like my look is always on point. Like there's not. A time that you'll catch me like slipping there isn't any room for that because i think the industry that we're in you could go anywhere at any time and you could meet someone who could change the course of your career do you know what I mean and i'm not about putting that you know putting that up to chance so if i ever meet anyone doing walking out shortage and i see someone i'm oh my god i'm gonna approach if i look bummy fam why why am i surprised they're looking at me like tossing me change and running that pace no, I have to make sure that I'm a, like, if I say I'm a stylist, I want you to be like, you know what? I can tell. Like, I want that to be the first thought. Oh yeah. You know, actually I respect this person based off of her visuals. I think for me, that's, that's probably one of the things that probably helped carried me where I am mm. is because I'm always kind of making sure that visually I am presentable and I am, you know, looking as sharp as I possibly can, even when I feel shit. And you really do. Thank you, miss. Impressive, Thank you. honestly. <laughs> is there ever a time when you're like, I don't know what to wear? Babe, that literally is my, is my life story. Anyone who knows me like super, super well will tell you that normal, my, normal outfit picks is a 24-hour ordeal. Like, I think about my outfit, like, for the next day, like, the next day, like, the night before, every single time. When I was in corporate, that's how I used to, like, have to run it. Like, if I had a new sneaker, right, I always dress from the sneaker up. I never dress any other way. So for me, the sneaker is completely like the epitome of what, how I'm moving next. The sneaker is got a color, 
what what color do I have in my clothes or my hat or whatever accessories I want to rock that can bring that out. So yeah, aesthetic for me is definitely visual aesthetic, which might sound a bit shallow, but I just think the industry that I'm in, I think visual is really where it's at first and foremost. I don't think it is shallow at all. You are a stylist. So it makes a hundred percent sense what you're saying. And I've definitely had instances where I look bummy as the <laughs> and I did not want to be going up to certain people and saying certain things. There's been times where, all right, it's not like industry people yet, but I've just been walking down the street, I look mad bummy, and I see someone that I haven't seen for years, someone that used to go to my high school or college or yeah, something. Yeah, school, yeah, yeah. And I might want to talk to them. And then you look down, a little head, like a little... But instead, I prefer to look down and keep it moving. That's never actually worked for me. They always see me, always It's your fro, your fro. Your fro is like your, your giveaway. I used to have straight hair <laughs> for a really long time. I never had my hair curly. Oh like, no, we like this. Huh? It, I said we like, I, I love the fro. I think the fro is dope. But as I say, break gone off of that point, do you, or have you felt that society has kind of made it so that before you had your hair straight and not curly do you mean was like was it a society thing um i would say like growing up we definitely didn't have all these youtube videos and all these products these natural products as well for curly hair my mum my mum doesn't have hair like mine my dad doesn't have hair like mine like my mum's a black woman from trinidad yeah my dad is he's mixed race he's half white and black so he's just, he's, and he's got dreads. Yeah, so yeah, he ain't doing nothing with anything, really. Do you know what I mean? No one ain't teaching me the way. Yeah, you were lost. <laughs> no one ain't teaching me. So when my bigger sister started doing work experience in a salon and started mm-hmm. learning how to use the hot comb and how- You were, the first, you were her project, a guinea pig. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And, um... I loved it because then I could see the length. Like, oh, actually, my hair's really long and everyone can see that. And eventually it got to a point where I didn't even feel comfortable wearing my hair curly. I remember I used to work for a digital agency. So that, for me, like, that's a normal job. And I remember feeling anxious, like, certain days where I would go in with my curly hair, with my natural hair. I'd feel super anxious about it. In my presenting world, actually, I've had instances where myself or someone else of color has said something some kind of slang someone said to me oh i can't say that joella though you were sound you're cool you could say that uh, you have to say that you know you're cool you're so you cool. kind of make it seem as if like it's a compliment like to to kind of insinuate that oh it's it's uh, oh it's black it's ethnic it's urban you can say that yeah and i love that cool is like another way for saying black these yeah, days politely saying it yeah Know what else is another another euphemism? Sassy. It never really used to bother me, but my friend kind of like was like kind of like woke me up to being like, you know what that really like inadvertently is saying, right? And I was like, yeah. And then she kind of like just like dropped it in a sentence, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So I was a bit more kind of aware at that point. You have the sentence that she says to you. Oh, it was actually referencing someone else. Oh, okay. so I think it was like one of our friends or something had. A meeting with her boss or whatever and she was getting feedback and her boss is like yeah you know you just come across like sometimes a bit sassy and she was like so my friend was maybe a bit more woke than I was she was like sorry like in what way oh well it's just like sometimes you know like I might ask a question and you just come across a bit sassy She's like, can you give me an example? My tone of voice, my passion. <laughs> like, what was it? And I don't really think her boss could even really actually like, pinpoint what it, what it allegedly was that was sassy about her kind of, you know, her exterior. So since then, I've kind of like been aware that if that word gets kind of put on me to immediately eject it off of me. Honestly, I've, the only time I've heard someone refer to a person that wasn't of colour, a sassy, is when that girl had an attitude. Oh, okay. So it's like, like flip the script kind of thing. She had an attitude. So the girl, the person was like, oh, why are you being sassy? Mm. Kind of thing. It's just, it's just interesting to me, the words that people use. Mm. <laughs> also, urban, hate that word. 
Yeah, no, that's a, that's a definite. I think I actually addressed that recently on the podcast. I did, well, a Q and A session I did. They, someone said, "Oh, like, have you ever pushed back on shoots that are what you know, quote unquote, urban?" And I was like, "I don't, I don't do those shoots." Like, do you mean like mm. I don't, I don't back that? And anything that's uh, like urban, what what we call an urban, what streetwear, like what's urban to describe your shoot, then yeah, I'm it's not. A, it's yeah, cancel literally. That's the thing. So I'm like, nah. I don't do any shoots like that. Do you mean like I'm, that's not, I don't pattern that. So I can't like be behind anything that kind of could be referred to as urban or anything, but it's most people who don't know the industry or don't know the vocabulary are calling it uh, like calling it urban. It's not people who are vets in the game calling it urban. It's literally, I don't want to say like the example, but it's just someone who just doesn't know any better. I think sometimes just kind of mm. thinks it by saying it's cool. Like it's like a buzzword, but it's not a pleasant buzzword. Do you know what I mean? It has a lot of, kind of like underlining kind of tones to it. I think a lot of people just aren't woke to. I used to go to school where I was the only black kid out of 250 girls. What? Like, I was like a unicorn, literally. School photo, oh, there she is. You could pick me out from a mile away. Do you know what I mean? And I had braids in, yeah. Like a little school in, in Berkshire. Do you know what I mean? Never seen a black kid for time. Before I was bullied and I was bullied by other, other like black kids. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that be happening. <laughs> like, you know, but when you're when you're six, seven, eight, and you mean like the girl who was your best best friend one week is now they're physically assaulting you oh. in a playground of everyone. Like you have to. Like, I had to kind of just like be like, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand how we could go from best friends one week to next week. Like you're at my house sleeping over next week. Like you're physically like putting like your hands on me. Like it just didn't add up, and it wasn't that one that traumatized you. That would, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Maybe low key, but. No, I'm telling you, like, all right, not traumatized, but that would have changed, like, how you deal with certain situations. Maybe, like, your trust in certain other friendships, female friendships would have. You know what? I think that's that's it. I think it's a female friendship thing. Because for me, like, friends, I don't know, when it comes to female friends, they're far few and in between like really what like ones like rather die could ring you and you'll pick up your phone and really help me like those friends but as i say you count your, your friends on, on one hand or well, actually two hands actually the people i could count on but maybe it was a trigger maybe that back then it was somewhat traumatic because it wasn't said one goal i had like there was like 10 people who were beaten on me at one given like at one time so, so for me my parents were like no more like that's it like you're like we're taking you out and then they put me into private school Obviously not initially realised that I'd be the only black chick, but still yeah. was like, you want to take her out of, you know, this kind of, I don't know, just kind of like, I don't know, just like small town mentality, like mind thinking. Do you mean where I live, people born where I live, they live, like, do you mean, like grow up where I live, they die, they, they, die, they die in my town. There's never any growth. Do you mean, I see those girls now who bullied me, a couple of them push and push shares, not even 30, two baby, two baby daddies, like, it's whatever, like, that's your portion in life, that's what you choose to do, fine, do you know what I mean? So for me, I don't feel no way about it anymore, but I definitely do think it's had, had, had an effect on my female relationships, I think. Now you said that, I'm like, oh, that's that might be why. You'll get a lot of that from me, I'm not going to lie to you, because I do like to analyse stuff. I no, did, I like that. I did I like a fair psychology, psychology. In college. Do you know what I mean? I just, I really care about, like, people's behaviour and why they act the way that they act. It's, it's a good I thing, like it's a bad thing sometimes because I do overthink and I overthink with myself. And then I yeah. overthink about overthinking. <laughs> but I get, um, I'll just tell you a little story as well. When I was a kid, I got bullied and then turned into the bully <laughs> because yeah. I got bullied and I didn't like it. Like I, I was, I don't know if I ever told you this, I was raised in Brooklyn. I must have told you that when no. I was No, never. Oh, okay. oh my god, people, I'm learning things alongside you right now. This is this is good. So I, I went to New York when I was five, me and my mum. And um, I stayed there until I was about 13. So I've wow. got, like, that's where my foundation is. But when I first got there, five-year-old, a little British accent, you see how yeah. okay I am, <laughs> right? It's not okay for someone that's only caught a white. It's not all right, but God did this for a reason, right? <laughs> and... Um, they used to, in, in Brooklyn at that time, you was either black or Latino. There was no, yeah, there's no, there's no white people at that time um, in, in my school. There was no yeah. black or Latino. 
So when you see this little girl who's pale, but yeah, but got hair, hair like a black person. Yeah, yeah, of course. and but I got a British accent. Oh, so they just used to call me white girl, and I used oh. to start crying. Because <laughs> you knew you went white, of course. Not white. Yeah. I'm not even half white. I don't even have a white parent. Yeah. So. I can't relate, B. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Even in my 20s, I've been subjected to colorism. Like, and I thought that that was like, that was like gone. And I'm talking about colorism on a level like, like it was, it was like traumatic. What like, happened? Can you tell us? Yeah, I suppose I can say a little, say a little piece. Obviously, I know I'm not lying. So whoever wants to, wants to come, come in it. But if it's in a situation where, you know, I got hired for a role by someone who was black and I thought this is like the, the like literally my dream, my dream, dream job. I was like, I'm in a company that I enjoy. My boss is lit. Like it's going to be a vibe. We're both black. We've ne like the company's never had our positions before. So we're the first people to really ever do what we're doing. We can really dominate this arena like, and actually kill it. Very quickly, I realized that we were very different. That we were both black, but we were different kind of blacks. Do you know what I mean? Like we weren't, we weren't the same. Yeah, no, and that's not the same. No, yeah, but it, it, it's not the same in the sense of, oh, um, FYI, um, don't wear your, hood, your hoodie like that again, like half on, half off, because like it comes across like kind of like too black. Someone, Sorry. a black person said that to you. Right. So I'm in, so as an adult now, I'm like, oh. so, I don't know what that even means. I don't, like, how do you respond to someone saying to you, like, like a mirror of you saying, you wearing your hoodie half on, half off can be deemed too black. You know that's like, real self-hate though, right? You know that that's really what that is manifested. Again, didn't, like, that's not, I, that didn't come into my mind. I was just like, what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't get it. Do you mean, like, I know, I know when I could, I know when I could put on my blackness, like, to, to 10, and when I can simmer it, so you know what I mean, like it's neutral. But when I'm being told how how I'm how I'm dressing isn't quite like the the standard that's expected. Bear in mind, I'm not out here in rags. Do you know what I mean like it's like so? I was baffled and it, I just didn't get it. And to me, I'm like, this is you well, a stylist as well, right? You were hired as a stylist, so really you would think that you would allow your stylist to and anyone for that matter, but especially your stylist, to express themselves in whichever way they want to express themselves. So if it's a hoodie, then that's what it is. And that went on for another year. And then it just got worse. And it got worse. And it kept getting worse. And to the point where I was, I end up like being like, nearly hospitalized. I ended up dropping on the floor, collapsing, blacking out. And it was just a myth. And then at that point, I'm like, okay, like, this dream job no longer is a dream anymore. It's becoming like a real like nightmare. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm not really here for that shit. Do you know what I mean? I don't get paid enough to take like all these little subliminals and all these little shady little, little comments. Like that's not what I'm here for. And especially when a company represents themselves as being inclusive and, you know, we took all the boxes and, you know, we love everyone. In actuality, you can't even, like, you're not even taking care of the people, like people inside the, the organization before you want to worry about customers outside the organization like, it's not even just that it's going on a train where i live from like, from from buckinghamshire and going to london that's like what 40 minute train journey sometimes mm. the whole train is packed it's empty next to me no one was next to me are you people were, people were trying to rather stand and have their leg burning them for a 40 minute train journey than sit next to me bearing in mind they may have well paid five grand for an annual train ticket mm. and i'm on the train stay with you Three to three, maybe three, three, three or four, five times a week, mm. and you'd rather sit than sit next to me. That's and that's now. Yeah, I've had like a similar experience where it's like, I feel like no one wants to sit next to me right now, <laughs> where my hair is all big, and I'm thinking, is it like, is this too much for you? Yeah. <laughs> and it's usually when I'm wearing like a hoodie and something baggy and some trainers. And yeah, it's just out. Your hair's out. Yeah, natural. You know, there's people. I've had instances where people just they will say like people will say something about my hair anyway. But there's different ways. Yeah, there's different tones. Yeah, yeah. I've had people just like, oh, wow. The, like, <laughs> like there's a lot. There's like a lot. expensive. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you want to okay. do that. <laughs> yeah. 
but I'm really sorry to hear that that's what you had to deal with like that's I I said I, I appreciate that yeah but it's one it's it's one it's it's get to the point now where I, I almost I annoyed at myself being like oh it's fine it's normal like that literally is like like my go-to thing says oh don't worry it's normal but it, it that part of like being dark skin that it, it does become a form of normality do you know what I mean and I said is this wilder when your own race is turning on you do you know what I mean like that is just to me I can never I would never be able to understand that at all there's no there's nothing you can tell me trauma whatever ordeal that you've been through that would warrant you doing that to another said like POC I can't I can't I it's can't self-hate it's 100% self-hate that person definitely went through similar experiences was definitely made to feel inferior because of their race. 100%, 100%. Um, I don't want to go too deep, but you don't know what this man's relationship with his mum was like, for example, to then turn around and be that way to another black woman. Yeah. This is, this is the things that we do need to focus on as a community and we need to have these conversations, but they're very hard to have. And yeah. we need to be very honest with ourselves and with each other. But this podcast ain't for that just yet. Perhaps in the comment section, though, we can start a little something going. <laughs> and what about, like, working with brands and stuff? Do you think um, it's harder being a woman of colour, reaching out to these brands and working with them? That's a good question, you know. I don't know. I suppose if it is, it's something that now I'm in a position where I don't necessarily, like, feel it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like a lot of times now, like brands are reaching out to me, thankfully, and they're approaching me for my skill set rather than the other way around. I feel like for me, it hasn't necessarily done that. But from a job point of view, yeah, it definitely has played a part. But not, not so much in, uh, in like the industry that I'm in at the moment. I don't feel like it's kind of had uh, an effect per se. If it has, I haven't been any of the. I've been like, I've been none the wiser. Do you know I mean it's not being really bait that I've been like, oh, I know what's happening here, kind of thing. I think that if anything, people not use me, but people like lean on me and rely on me to let them know, is this too far? Do you mean like, is, like could we be another H&M? Could we be another Gucci? Could we be another Comme des Garçons if we do this? Or is it okay? Like, are you offended or not? And that's the kind of, those are the conversations I respect. I like when people ask those questions, like that's what I rate. There are going to come to a position, a conversation we're going to have on here that people won't be comfortable listening to, whether the reason of it, it, it kind of relates to them very close to home. Or the flip side is they can't relate, but they don't want to hear it. But that's fine. If that's the case, it's not for you, then, you know, by all means, kind of step away. But we're going to have those conversations regardless. You I mean, whether irrespective of the uncomfortability that it may, you know, kind of may cause. But I think it needs to be had. Why do you think we aren't represented uh, so much as we should be? Uh, and why, like, why are we overlooked? Well, I think the quite obvious reason is that we're in a country that is predominantly white people. Mm. so they're gonna represent based on what it is we can yeah. we could take it back we could take it back to to why europeans are the the standard of beauty today but i don't know how how back you want to really take it i used to want to do modeling lord i don't know who told me that that's what i wanted to do when i used to look for um agencies i remember like looking through the people to try and see like oh is there anyone that looks like me because if there's someone that looks like me then i can't go to that agency because they're not going to want is, it, is that is that how is that like your your mindset is that, that what it was back then that was my mindset That's, yeah it was it's and, funny because i literally said that the other day to someone i think i said it even to my mum on a call i said i feel like we've been conditioned as black women to, or as black individuals to kind of be told there can only ever be one of us at any one given time in any one given space. I haven't looked at um, an agency sheet for a very long time. So I'm not saying that that's right now, the case right now. No, the back today. But like yeah. six, five, six years ago, most certainly it was that kind of situation where, and when I say look like me, not really look like me, but if they no. get black skin, yeah. Then it's closer to you than if exactly. she's not. If she got freckles, oh! It literally was a matter of weeks ago where that happened to to people of color, where like the whole "don't rush" thing was happening, and like obviously, like you know, the TikTok thing, and you know, oh, so those videos yes. happening, and then obviously, like you know, video dropped, and you know, watch a video, I watch a video, I think a five-minute video, I watch about a minute, 
and I was waiting. I was like, okay, cool. When am I going to see like a black girl? When am I going to see an Asian girl? When am I going to see like, you know, you know, West Asian or East Asian or whatever? Sorry to cut you off, Coco. This is a, you're talking about the sneaker video, right? The sneaker yeah, video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, this, yeah, the sneaker videos. When I didn't see anyone kind of showcasing like their collection, I was a bit like, obviously it was, it, it was a blow. It felt like, I felt like it was a blow to the entire like female sneaker community. I think that we all who obviously weren't included were like well what happened there then do you know what I mean and it kind of like pushed it a bit you know kind of I know that the video did get a lot of heat post coming out it was on certain platforms on social media and obviously it got some praise and then obviously it got some kind of not so good comments and you know obviously I can see why I understand why because obviously I think we're overlooked because situations like that happen far too often where it's like, okay, cool. We've set up the culture. We've set up the music. We've set up all these different, you know, these different- You set up the look, the aesthetics, (laughs) everything. We've done a whole alley-oop, we've done a whole layup and we're not getting the chance to actually like, kind of like, I suppose, celebrate, celebrate that. Do you mean I wouldn't have been included in that celebration? And that's what I think, that's where we're being overlooked. It's because now all I'm seeing now on my gram is, your standard kind of individual who isn't a minority, you know, Caucasian, rows of Jordans behind them, great. But, but, and there's something that a conversation that's been had, you know, a few times that I've seen, it's okay, cool, that's your collection. You're more than free to go and buy Jordans, buy Yeezys, buy whatever shoes that you want to buy for your feet. But my question would then be to them, can you show me uh, a, re- a retro pair of sneaker that you got in early 2000s? And I also think actually we're overlooked because the brands allow us to be overlooked, more importantly. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I put up a, a, up a picture of me in a, in a jogger set with a pair of Jordans on and drop their hashtag, who's more likely to get on? Me or a light-skinned individual? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's all, you know, or... Am I only good for, for, oh, sorry, not me, but or are dark-skinned women only good for if we've got a colourful weave on and nails to match and then we have colourful Jordans? Like, is, is, that when we're, is that when we're like, oh, okay, we're going to get a shout-out then? But what, what about anything else in between? If we're not showing our bodies or we're not kind of, you know, showing too much of ourselves, mm-hmm. are we still going to say to get the opportunity to actually showcase ourselves or not? That's the thing. Or we might get put in... You might get sprinkled in somewhere just to say, "Oh, we've we've ticked the we've ticked the um, you know the inclusive box this week." Mm. I mean, like, mm. put one of them on the brand this week. You so know what? I'm calling on the other females in this industry, all colours, yeah, to support more women of colour. That's Thanks. what I'm doing because really and truly, we talk about feminism, we talk about female empowerment. But mm-hmm. somehow, I feel like black women aren't really included in that fight. Black women are being thrown in the trenches, like on social media. I've seen disgusting things recently, by the way, old tweets that have come up where people have yeah. been really disrespectful about black women. Where are the other feminists? To, to back it and, and to hold them accountable. Yeah. That's what I want to know. So actually, I wanted to ask you, yeah. That's what I was wondering. How have your experiences impacted how you re- represent yourselves in your represent yourself, sorry, in your industry? Mm. Um, my experiences are definitely a mix between my corporate working life and mm. my creative industry life. And I think from my corporate working life, I really just adopted a I don't can we swear on this? Have we been swearing and stuff? I've cast a few times, oh, so yeah. A fuck it attitude. That <laughs> <laughs> I am who I am. And if I ever feel like I have to downplay who I am and, mm. you know, my upbringing or my culture and, and not feel like I can't, if, if I ever feel like I, I can't scream that from the rooftops and be that way in my mannerisms, Please believe I'm doing that times 10. If I feel like I can't do that, I have to do it. I absolutely have to. 
Because you have to know that I'm not going to change who I am and the way I'm acting because you're not used to it or it makes you uncomfortable or you associate yeah. other stereotypes with the way I'm acting. No, I'm here to change that, bro. So what do you think needs to change in the industry, the sneaker industry specifically, to, um, to make it more inclusive? I think I touched on that a little bit earlier where yeah. the people behind the scenes need to reflect mm. the people that we want to be included, quite frankly, the yeah. decisions or at least be aware that we need to have more diversity within the sneaker world. Um, and for me, that's, that's, really, that's really where my mind goes to straight away. We just need more minorities working for these companies and making these sorts of decisions. Mm, no, I agree. I think for, obviously from like, I suppose my kind of like working aspect, I think for me, it's just getting the correct involvement as in like, if you are a company where you don't have any POCs or BAME, then okay. Well, why then, would you not have any POCs or do you understand what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, but also I feel like that's that happens more times than not. But what I'm saying is if you don't have those people, you don't have those those sensible voices to say, actually this can be offensive, then hire some. If you don't want the person permanently, then don't hire them freelance. Just get some some fresh eyes on these briefs and these concepts that, that keep getting churned out and then spat like then spat out by the you know by the culture because we're like what are you thinking like in what in what in what boardroom does this make sense to you and working in the industry and actually I've, I've now learned the stages of approval like I now know how many eyes are really on one project before it gets signed off and approved before it goes live it's far too many eyes on it for not one person who said it isn't a, uh, isn't a minority to say, actually, I don't think that's going to land right. I don't think that's going to translate that, that, that well. Do you mean to, by all means, hire us. Bring us into your domain. If it's just temporarily, so be it. But let, it's almost like let us help you. Do you know what I mean? Because like, ultimately, they're going to get the, they're going to get the, the accolade from, from churning out a really good campaign that is inclusive and has all these things, do you know what I mean, included in it. It's not going to be the, the BAME or POC individual who helped them do that. Yeah. They're not going to incorporate it. It's going to be them who's going to make, who's going to monetize off of it and profit off of it. Do you know what I mean? So for me, anything I can do as a creative in the industry, I'm making sure that I'm doing it. So whether that is if I'm doing my own shoot or if I'm hired, I'm offering different, I'm offering different kind of like different packages where I'm saying actually, do you know what? I can cast as well. I can not only start, I can do casting. That then allows me a bit more control to make sure that I'm steering it in the way that is favourable to everyone. Not just one minority, not just one ethic, but everyone is getting a, you know, getting a gun of getting a piece of the pie, so, so to speak. I think that's why it's also important to build up our own brands as well. Mm. I'd say, yeah, what steps have to be taken um, to progress in an industry that tries to ignore us? We just got to be loud and proud and do our own stuff and start our own campaigns. It's, it's the same as when I first started presenting, I realized that no one was going to give me the opportunity. No one's just going to hand it to me. I've really had to create my own opportunities. And I feel like this is a part of it. We need to create our own opportunities. Of course, I know there are so many amazing black creatives out here doing amazing things. And I just think it's all about continuing that, collaborating with each other, I think I literally I couldn't agree more. I literally think exactly what you said, hitting the nail on the head. Just continue, just said, just being us, just being unapologetically us. I think that's what we can kind of do. We can't be asking for permission. Yeah, that's true. That's done. As yeah, them them them, day, them days are done. Permission yeah. days are done. They're over. As creators, we just need to get out there and whatever it is that that we're passionate about, we just really need to do it. You can do so much with an iPhone and a little ring light from Amazon that I've got right now. <laughs> that, Coco, that Coco needs to get. With all the, these worldly things happening around us right now, how are you able to make sure you're getting the personal wellness you deserve whilst in lockdown? Mm. And that's so important as well because we are blinded by material things, social media-ish, gossip. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We're, that's, that's blinding us when, when really, even like society standards of when we're supposed to 
get married and have kids and all that stuff. And really, what's really important is like how we feel within, isn't it? Because we mm. can't do any purposeful work without yeah, good work. Yeah. within ourselves and who we are. So it's so important right now to take out the time to make yourself better, heal yourself the best that you can. So I have been writing all my thoughts down. Love that. Writer as well. A lot of people don't know that because I don't put a lot of my writing stuff out. Oh, that needs to change. Yeah, it's, it's going to change. It's going to change. Um, so I might put it in like a poem or whatever, or I might just write like a little article, a little monologue or something, like whatever it is, it's an outlet. I've also put this on my page, like free tips for stress management. And that's one of them. Like you need an outlet, even if that's it's like screaming to your phone on a voice note. A voice note, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you delete it because that's just too much. You can't handle that. Mm. <laughs> but I think it's important to have, have yourself an outlet. And um, also really consider what self-love is to you. It's different for everyone. And I'm not talking just, oh yeah, I do love a meditation, but I'm not just saying a meditation and a, a warm bath. Like self-love sometimes is self-reflection, even though that doesn't feel good. So yeah, self-love is um, education, even though sometimes you can't be bothered. <laughs> That's me right now, CBA. Yeah, I, I totally get it. But really consider what self-love is to you. Self-love is something that you're really going to be thankful about afterwards. You've, you've done this for yourself, to build yourself and to grow yourself and mm. to make yourself feel good. I actually, I feel like maybe this might actually might be part of my wellness. Yeah. It's by dreaming better, like conversate with, like, with you on topics that mean a lot or what we've seen for the week. I think this is actually maybe going to help Kind this of, I suppose, yeah. maybe our weekly work therapy yeah which i think is good like getting out there like not holding it in and actually talking about it and you know and hopefully during the week as we go on doing these episodes we obviously can get the listeners and the viewers thoughts and you know thoughts and feelings towards certain topics and share some of their things if, if you know if you know if they're comfortable with that so and hopefully then we can kind of grow it into into more of that like maybe a bit like a forum or something of some yeah. sort yeah, and what you said earlier about sisterhood, I think that's really along the lines of what I see for some. Yeah, because I, I don't have any sisters, so. Okay, I have a couple sisters still, but it in this industry, I think collaboration and this these links, like just this genuine support of one another, like we don't. It's imperative. Have, yeah, we don't have to be just competing with each other. We can. Competition is cool. That's good. Healthy competition, but Healthy, yeah. yeah, we don't have to be negative towards each other. Like we can really embrace each other and support what each other's doing, and we can create content together. So, guys, so the next part of the show is um, going to be a regular running segment for us. It's something that I came up with because I feel like I love trainers. Um, I like looking at them. I usually show the trainers that I love, but you know what? There's some real ugly trainers out here in these streets and we need to discuss it. So it needs to be addressed. So friends, this is Cusser Crap. Now you've got that amazingly horrible trainer hill hill that I absolutely hate. And so for this (laughs) segment of Cusser Crap, I've chosen these vape hill trainer things i hate them monstrosities it looks like i don't know i want to play basketball at five and then go to the club at ten <laughs> this angers my soul at the same time yeah honestly coco i feel like i could wear anything and make it look good so i really do feel like i can make that look good but i'm not looking forward to having to make that look good i was gonna say do you think you should have to make it look good it shouldn't even be an option. Why is this an option? Why is it that I type in bait, hills, red, white, and black, and these come up? <laughs> it should be have- no search results found. <laughs> For those who maybe can't see the visuals, but obviously can hear us, it's basically a black and white classic bait silhouette with um, a... <laughs> uh, like uh, I don't know, like a raw red 
heel and like sole um, by the front of the sneaker. So it kind of just looks kind of very kind of like slapdash kind of done. But yeah, they're Joella's cuss, uh, cusser crepe. And obviously th that segment, cusser crepe, was obviously little, a little brainchild of, uh, of Joella, where obviously each week we'll pick a, we'll pick a sneaker to basically cuss for any for any, for any kind of form of fashion and obviously Joella's is because she actually disdains where this looks. This is especially offensive because my mum is Trinidadian and that those are the Trinidadian colours. Just to, just to add to just to add to insult. So it's gonna make my Trinidadian brothers and sisters your, your, her, your heritage offended. You know what I mean? And if like if they if my cousin yeah ain't really got styly like that and it's carnival time, what you think my cousin ain't gonna think to wear this Cop them, like, and not even think about exactly because yeah, it's yeah. great and because it's the same colors. Do you know what I mean? Um, my cusser crap of the week is going to be Stussy, Stussy, however you want to say it. So, these actually, though, well, not these colorways, but the colorway after this, which is like a, a black with like a gray sole, dropped today, and everyone was just spitting blood. Like, it dropped at 10, everyone's there, like refresh and reload and all this stuff and either the box got it or some some quick fingered folk got it but it was in my basket at like 10.01 and then I'm waiting I'm waiting and then it's bouncing back out and it, basically these shoes are a myth Aww. so that's why I'm cussing this week is because it caused me like caused me to stop my workout today because I wanted to try it on Dover Street to cop them it took an L again like this is pissing me off like <laughs> genuinely so if anyone knows anyone who has these in size 7 UK for a decent resale price, let's talk. Call me, holler, gram, whatever, because I'm serious. But for the most part, that's why I'm cussing them, is because like there were people just them out. Yeah, couldn't get them. So I'm bitter. I'm bitter cussing. That's what it's that's what it's come from. Do you have any shout outs that you want to give today? Yeah, shout out for me actually is uh Jesse Law, um, fellow sneaker appreciator and also woman of colour. She earlier on this week actually put a, like a IGTV for like one minute fifteen IGTV. I think I sent it to you, where she kind of just addressed kind of I suppose the uncomfortability that we've been discussing in the podcast about being you know someone of color in the industry and in the scene and obviously you know how it kind of comes across you know us not being included and those kind of topics. So I thought it was just really brave and commendable of her to kind of address it you know on her platform you know openly and vulnerably. I thought that was sick and I obviously I hope that you know more people share it I'm my two's gonna share it actually right after this share it more and kind of yeah just get the kind of the word out there that we are we should be accounted for like we're you know we're here and you know we deserve to be celebrated you know and yeah and you know heard as well so shout yeah. out Jessie Law you know what when I watched that she did say something that has really like stuck to me about um bringing the conversations that she has outside of mm. her social media onto her social media. And so a lot of yeah, things definitely. that we spoke about today, I speak about every single day, every day. super passionate about it. So I'm really grateful to this platform that you've brought me into. I see. So that I can voice those sorts of yeah. things. And um, I'm no. going to do that too, actually. Yeah, definitely. But like, obviously, like even people like Jessie, obviously would love to have on the show at some point. We'd be able to get her in before, like, during lockdown. But also, obviously, we want to champion other females, you know, of the community. So we'll be getting, obviously, more more people on as we go along. You know, bear with us kind of thing. But I definitely said want to, like, yeah, bring bring in more folk and just said celebrate them and just talk to, them, talk to, to us about their experiences because it could be completely different from what you and I have experienced. So I think that's really important to kind of, touch upon and to kind of touch on but who are your who's your shout out of the week um i'm gonna shout out one of my besties cindy orel cappuccini she Ooh. i know right she runs and owns a uh, fashion brand called dalme it's based in shoreditch at the moment well hoxton shoreditch and um she's doing it she's a, also a woman of color She's originally from France. She was born in France. Her family are from Benin. And um, her and her brother are doing it. They started it together. Well, he started it and then she went in on it. And I'm just really proud of her. And she really inspires me every single day with what she does with her business and how she got a degree for law and she was working in a law firm. 
obviously, and then transitioned, left law completely and went, went into fashion. Now she's designing ranges and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she's doing whole collections and whatever. And yeah, she ain't stingy with it either. She brings other people in. So she's even given me an opportunity to create a collection with her. Yeah, you know. Um, so shout out to her and all the other women doing that. I'm doing the damn thing because there's so many. There's so, obviously I feel like there's so many to, to shout out, isn't there? Really, like there's a lot. We'll get through. We'll get through you all, though. We'll get through you all eventually. All right, guys. Well, I think that's it for us. I think that's it. We've done a whole. It's, it's been a good first one. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Thank it's you so good. much for um, joining us and and yeah. and hopefully laughing with us and. There's no cry, there's no tears, so no crying, but just laughing and kind of, yeah, just getting a little bit more, I suppose, I don't know, just a little bit more educated if you weren't educated before about certain kind of experiences you've had and just, yeah. Yeah, and feel free to like, comment and share and all that other good stuff. Oh my God, please. Our Instagram handle for the podcast is, what is it, Papa? Soul Intent Podcast, as it is here, all in one word, no underscores on the gram, and then the other platforms um, that will follow shortly. Yeah. And what's your, your Instagram, Joella, better still? Oh, for real. So, Joella Noble, just how my name is down there. I don't know if they're going to see that or not, but I'll put it's it. It's in the bio. Yeah, yeah, it's in the bio. So, Joella bio. Noble. Um, and mine is uh, at Coco underscore Mel with two L's. All right. So we'll see you guys every Sunday from here on out. We don't have a time yet, but when we do, you'll be the first to know. And guys, we hope that you'll enjoy more of these for us, by us episodes. That is the Soul Intent Podcast. (laughs) Peace. Thanks, guys.